Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to the BU Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter. Before we get into the show, I wanted to take a moment to share how I host my podcast using Anchor. It's free and easy to use. You can record and edit using your phone or computer, and then Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. It's super easy to use, and they do the work for you. I highly recommend using Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on to the show. Hey, you guys, this week I got to speak with Vivian Bio, and she has found success in the jewelry industry with her company, Joie de Vivre, and in the insurance industry with her company, Aria Financial. And those are two very different things. And for her, finding success has been a little bit of a roller coaster, but I love her story. I loved speaking with her about just her having to recreate herself and um, just finding liberation in all of this process and changing her mindset and just letting things come together. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Vivian. Thank you so much for being on my podcast today. Hi, Ariel. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah. Will you just tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are? Yeah, um, I'm Vivian Vio. I'm the CEO and founder of Joie de Vivre and of Aria Financial Group. They're two very different companies. <laughs> uh, Joie de Vivre is an online sustainable jewelry line mm-hmm. that I've created with the intention of really disrupting the, the industry and, and making an impact when it comes to um, social practices, uh, when it comes to diamonds and, 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 and gold and dirty gold and all of that. So I wanted to make something that was going to uh, change the industry. And that's Joie de Vivre. And Idea Financial Group is um, an insurance company. <laughs> it's a, it, it, we work mainly with mortgage protection, uh, final expense, retirement solutions and things like that. And uh, it's my other passion, uh, mainly because I was... Uh, uh, deeply affected by an accident that happened in my family a few years ago. And if it wasn't for mortgage protection, I would have lost everything. So um, I'm, I'm very passionate about it as well. So yeah, those are my, my, my second and third babies. <laughs> um, I'm 33 years old. And I think entrepreneurship in, in general is, is, is my passion. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, those are very different things, but I love seeing that you are involved in like jewelry, but also insurance and um, just to see that you are successful in two completely different industries, I think is just very inspiring because I myself am like, I've kind of dabbled in a lot of random things. And I feel like as an entrepreneur, they're always like, you need to like pick one thing and focus on it. So it's good to see, you know, someone else doing multiple things. Well, for me, it, it kind of happened that way. Um, I'm, I'm hyperactive, so I'm always doing several things at the same time. Uh, it's not always the best thing that you can do because I really believe that it's important that you need to focus on certain things to really be able to get the best out of everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my life, it kind of happened. Um, I wasn't planning on, on, on running two companies and especially not planning on running two super successful companies um, <laughs> at the same time. Uh, but it, the, the, it just happened. And, and today I wouldn't do it any other way. 
Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit more about your jewelry company and how you got into the jewelry industry. So Joie de Vivre, um, so the way that, that, that I came into the industry in general was my background is in fine art and uh, uh, art publishing. So um, when I, I'm originally from Brazil, and when I first came to the States, um, I came to go to film school because I was a big actress in Brazil. And uh, at the time, you know, I met my ex-husband. He, he, he's a really big glass copter. And uh, uh, with that, I kind of like took over the, the, the business. And uh, I started running his studio and running, um, you know, the, the business that we're building together. And when we first met, he he used to live in an RV and not have much. And we were able to build together a phenomenal build uh, business that wow. uh, was all around his phenomenal glass sculptures. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, a few years later, the, the marriage didn't really work out. Um, and we decided to kind of like part ways. And at that time, you know, Jack was the biggest cold glass sculptor in the world. I was the CEO of the company. I was running everything. And it was very hard to kind of like break things apart without breaking things apart. Right. <laughs> so um, I've decided that I wanted to, uh, uh, I was already working on, on a project of transforming his cold glass sculptures into fine jewelry pieces. Mm -hmm. um, but it was like, it was a, 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 a in progress uh, process that was going on. And then with the, the start of the divorce, I decided that I was gonna launch Fifth Storm's Fine Jewelry and we we're gonna separate the companies. Mm -hmm. uh, and we did at first, you know, we were gonna keep working together and all of that. So we launched Fifth Storm's Fine Jewelry. We had a very amicable divorce uh, in the beginning. Um, and uh, Fifth Storm's Fine Jewelry was a massive, massive success. Uh, we, we didn't have a massive marketing budget. It was 100% self-funded. And it was like, you know, our very first day, our website crashed. Uh, <laughs> it was a ridiculous amount of people in there. And, and, and fast forwarding a little bit, um, the divorce didn't <laughs> get to stay as amicable as I would like later down the mm -hmm. road. And, um, and then it just became very hard for us to work together at that point. And that's when I decided to kind of cut ties uh, and that jewelry line and start something else new. Okay. Uh, for me, it was very, it was a very difficult moment because it's like when you create a business and you start it from, from the ground up, you have a very emotional connection to it. So it was very hard for me, but it was also a moment of uh, remaking myself, reinventing myself. So it was liberating. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can imagine that. Like that was probably pretty difficult to walk away from that. And especially since it was also very tied into your, you know, previous marriage. So that must have been difficult to do that. Um, but when you guys started that, like what, what do you think helped make that uh, company successful? Well, there was a lot of things that were related to the success of that of that company. Uh, first, uh, you know, we, we had about seven years of building the name behind uh, the jewelry. 
Uh, I've, my specialty is, you know, I'm a CMO and a CEO. So my specialty is really branding and really creating a brand that resonates with, with, you know, whoever the client is. So, um, I've, I've worked very hard to be able to build that brand around Jack and his work. So we had a massive audience on social media, on email, uh, and just followers that were following his, his work. We had, you know, massive coverage when it comes to, um, social media viral videos. One of, one of the videos that we put together for insider had 220 million views. Wow. <laughs> um, it was one of the most, yeah, one of the most watched videos of 2018. So, um, and that was one of the things that pushed me to create that line in the first place. Um, so we did have a very, a very good following that um, were waiting for an opportunity to actually own something that was created by the artist himself, but that wasn't as expensive as his, uh, his piece of art are. Right. And, and that's, that's where the jewelry came in. So I think that creating that branding beforehand and creating the expectation, uh, we started like an email list of, of people that wanted to, to buy the jewelry, you know, seven months before. Um, and also the fact that the, the type of jewelry that we were making, were very very rare nobody else in the world world is capable of doing such thing mm -hmm. so i think that that really gave us an edge and a difference that you can really get out there and then again you know the standard things that phenomenal businesses have which is like a really good business uh team behind me helped me get through every single step of the way um to, to really really bring that brand to life yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, you like definitely with that, you kind of had your own little like market that you were already branding to and like they wanted your stuff. Um, so I'm kind of curious now um, when you guys split and then eventually um, you stepped away from the business, how was that very public to your following? And I'm just kind of curious how they took it and how your response was. <laughs> It actually wasn't very public. We wanted to, we, you know, like if you put together all of our social medias between Jack's and mine and the companies, we had millions of followers. And, and for, to me, it was very important that we kept that to ourselves as much as we could. We have a 10-year-old child. And also in the beginning, um, we were very good friends. Uh, we, 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 we came to an agreement. It wasn't working out. So let's do what's best for our son. Let's do what, what's best for ourselves. Um, so, you know, it, there really wasn't a, uh, a fight in there to be public to anybody. Yeah. Um, so, 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 yeah, not really. And then when I decided to, to close, you know, Vipstorm's Fine Jewelry, there, there were a lot of people asking questions and we would just say, you know, Vivian's launching a new jewelry line. Um, I try being as, 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 as <laughs> I try being as, um, oh my God, what's the word? Um, as uh, private as I, as I can mm -hmm. when it comes to that type of stuff, especially because when you have children involved, you really don't want to, to get your laundry out there. Right. Of course. Yeah. And like these days, I mean, especially with social media and stuff, everyone is just 
in everybody's business and that can be a good thing or a really bad thing. And yeah, it's like, if you can keep it separate for certain things, that's, you know, what matters. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It's hard to keep things separate and, and, and people, people, say things that are not true and then what do you do do you respond or do you just let it be and let it die you know it's hard it's hard to live you know when you're going through situations like that it's hard to 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 live in 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 today's era Mm -hmm. how do you typically respond when you uh, see info out there that's not true about you I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's about my personal life, it's nobody's business. Like it's it's not it's not your business. You're gonna be talking about me. If I don't respond, you're just not gonna find it interesting anymore, and you're just gonna go move to somebody else that will actually give you an audience. So I just right. don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so tell me about um, your current jewelry line. Shwadev is that is that sparkle of of. A bittersweet moment because it was very hard for me to part ways with Viv Swarm's fine jewelry. I did everything I could to try and hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And then when I, I figure that, you know, that's just an impossible mission, what are you doing? I, you know, I figure I figured out that the best thing that I could do for myself, the best thing I could do for my family, um, was to let go and just yeah. start again. Um, and it's very hard when you're talking like, you know, I invested a lot of money, a lot of time and energy into Viv Storm's fine jewelry, and it was doing really well. So when you have to let go of something that's successful, it's very hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I realized that if I was able to build Jack's name, if I was able to build his career and the branding around it, and I was able to, to build Viv Storm's, I mean, what's an, what's another company? What's another brand, you know? Yeah. So, so I kind of let go. I let go of the storms and I said, I'm going to do something that's completely new. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to think about what's important to me. And I'm going to put that into my new endeavor and I'm going to make it highly successful. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I did. I, I kind of like liberated myself to any of those emotions that were holding me back. And I said, I'm going to be like a child that doesn't have anything holding them back. And I'm going to create something completely new. And then I started doing a lot of research around the industry itself, because at that point, I was basically taking Jack's fine jewelry and putting into gold or silver settings and making jewelry. I really didn't know a lot about the industry itself. Mm. So I, I I took the time to research and to learn and to know what was out there, what it was made out of and uh, why they were doing it that way and what was right and what was wrong about it. And what I found was like something really scary uh, when it comes to the practices that still in 2021, you know, people were using to make jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's really bad. And then they just stamp certifications and things that actually are just a way to, to, to disguise, disguise something that's really bad on top of something that's really bad. Yeah. So, Do you want to tell us a little bit about like what things you found or how yeah, people can well, find them? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about research. If you research dirty gold, uh, you're going to learn that, uh, the practices when it comes to, to the gold mining to this day are just 
inhumane, unaccept unacceptable. There's is still so much slavery and child labor involved. And for me to actually see and understand a lot of it, I went on a mission. Like I actually traveled to several continents. I actually met with several experts and, and I actually saw some of these things, okay. you know, in person to really, really understand that. Then when you go into, because like when you, people, when people are talking about bad practices in the jewelry industry, they're going to go straight, straight up to diamonds. Yeah. Oh, blood diamonds, blood diamonds. But there's so much more. There's so many sustainable practices that we can use to actually utilize resources that we already have and make something that works really well, that is affordable, that's beautiful, and it's actually not killing people out there. Yeah. Um, so so the, the dirty gold movement is, is a real thing. And, you know, just do some research and you're going you're gonna to learn that that happens in our backyard. We have, we have gold mines like here in the United States, Utah, for example, that is known for destroying communities, for like full communities and destroying, you know, uh, the earth and, and disturbing uh, so, so many things. So um, that's what I came to find out. And then when I went into, you know, the practices of, of diamonds, because at that point I was like, okay, we're in 2018 now. So there's, there's a lot of ways of getting ethical diamonds. <laughs> I usually buy a bunch from all these stores online. Oh, ethical diamonds, look, affordable ethical diamonds. And then I started learning about that as well. And then the, the reason that people call diamonds ethical when it comes to natural diamonds mm -hmm. is basically because they have a certification which is uh, the, the, the Kimberly process, uh, which basically um, certify that is ethical. Uh, but there's really no way to, to find out where that diamond came from. So yeah. basically what they're doing is that like they get a batch of diamonds yeah. that are uncut. And then they say, okay, these diamonds did not come from a, uh, you know, a conflict area or something like that. And then they have no idea what happens with those diamonds. So do you know who is cutting them? Do you know uh, who's polishing them? Do you know what the working conditions on those facilities are? Do you, do you know what's happening? No, you don't. There's no way for you to actually trace that. So, you know, there was just like little things here and there that I started learning and finding out. And I was, at the end of the day, I was disgusted. Yeah. I was really disgusted and I, I was like, how is that even possible? So I decided that I wanted to take everything that I learned through those, I think three or four months that, you know, we were traveling around and learning about that, all of that and, and do the opposite and create a jewelry line that was going to be truly sustainable, that was going to truly uh, be able to push the boundaries of what jewelry making can do. And that people could say, you know what, I know where this diamond came from. Uh, this gold is recycled gold. So what we're doing with that, we're basically uh, not using dirty gold. 
we're reusing stuff that's already out there. Um, and, and, and we do not use any type of natural diamonds because I just don't believe that unless you are a massive company, massive company, uh, and there are a few, a few companies out there, uh, but unless you're a massive company that you have billions of dollars, that you do the mining of the diamonds yourself and you can guarantee the working conditions and, and the humane practices that you're using with all, all of those people's all, all of those people and communities that are involved in that process, there's really no way for you to know. Right. So we only use lab-grown diamonds. Um, and it's I'm very proud of what we're able to accomplish because the gold we use is only 18 karat recycled gold. So you're getting the best quality you're gonna get. Uh, the quality of our diamonds are all premium quality. So you're gonna get yeah, um, you know, VS plus clarity, uh, the color, it, it can be anywhere from D to G. So it's a, it's a, it's a colorless or near colorless diamond. And, and our prices are very affordable when it comes to the quality that we are offering. So I'm very proud of, I'm very proud of it. Yeah, that's awesome. I really had no idea about all the stuff that goes on. I mean, I've heard of blood diamonds, but not dirty gold. And it's something I'm definitely curious about looking into, um, you know, not like a huge jewelry person, but I do like jewelry and appreciate it. And it's just kind of crazy that there's still things out there today. That's just because of people's love of money and, you know, they'll do whatever they can rather than just being like ethical and honest about their products and producing a quality product. Yeah, and also because you're talking about the diamond industry here. Yeah. <laughs> so they 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 will do whatever they can and whatever way they can to discredit anything that's not what they have, which is diamonds that are made in most times in inhumane conditions. So it's it's a, it's a it's a mission. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. You know, but I, I feel like if more and more entrepreneurs like me uh, uh, start making something today to make a change, you know, maybe a few generations down the road, we're going to have real change in our hands. Yeah, definitely. And so tell me a little bit more about when you started your line. Um, from what I know, it wasn't as successful as you had hoped right away. Is that true? That's very true. Yeah. Um, we, I invested a total more than a million dollars into this line. There was a lot of development, development. There was a lot of research and uh, it just, it didn't sell. It didn't, it didn't move. You know, we, we had the best of the best of the best and it just, it didn't work. And, and it was terrifying because when you put, you know, I was, I was, I was getting out of, um, you know, a divorce. Uh, I was reinventing myself. I was, I was in the moment that I needed to prove to myself that I was capable of doing it without anybody else. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it didn't work. So it was, it was kind of like at that moment that I had to make some very tough choices to figure out how I was going to make it work. And um, so, and, and I'm not talking about didn't work for a month or two. We went six months without sales, like barely any sales. And yeah. talking about a company that costs, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to run every month. 
Right. Um, and, and it was self-funded. I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have investment. So um, what I did was like after six months, no sales, I decided that I was going to go into something else. Mm-hmm. I was going to put, you know, take the, some of the money that, that, that I still have and, and, and invest into something else and then go back to this. Because I think that sometimes we obsess, we obsess over certain things um, and because they're not working, we, we tend to obsess even more. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and I really have learned that when you get in a situation like that, the best thing to do, just let it go, let it go, give it time and, and it's going to work itself out. And that's what I did. So I started looking, um, April, I think April of last year, started looking at doing something else. I was like, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll get a job as a CMO or a CEO, you know, I don't know. I'll look into doing something else. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of like how I got into insurance. Um, uh, I decided that I was going to open a new company. I had no idea what I was going to do. <laughs> and I came into an opportunity to, uh, to learn a little bit more about the insurance industry in general. And, you know, my background is in art <laughs> and it's in jewelry. I mean, I don't know anything about insurance other than the insurance policy that I have on my company and myself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I end up meeting some very smart people that were in the insurance industry. And I came to learn how untapped that industry was. And specifically when it came down to mortgage protection. And I had a very personal relationship with, uh, with the mortgage protection itself because of mm-hmm. what I went through. Um, I, you know, If it wasn't for mortgage protection, I would have lost my house and I would have lost my business. Um, and when, you know, my ex-husband had an accident and he was disabled for two years. So I had, I have a very personal relationship with it. Yeah. And, um, and then I decided to, to go into it, to put my head into it, to learn everything about it, to open my company, Idea Financial, and to really, really uh, immerse myself into this new industry and give the best of me. And what came out was a company that was doing amazing, like amazing, incredibly amazing within two months. which was a a breath of fresh air because I had this other company that I was putting millions of dollars in and I wasn't getting anything out of it. But the the lesson in all of this is I started Adia Financial. I put my energy and my attention into it. It became really, really successful. And then out of nowhere, you know, I said, you know what, I'm just going to close Juadeviv. I'm going to do a, a sale. I'm going to you know, concentrate on this. Mm-hmm. And then Joan Viv exploded, exploded. <laughs> like, like I, I was at that point, I was like, how am I going to do this? <laughs> you know, because I hadn't let everybody go. I didn't have my team anymore. So I had to hire everybody back. Yeah. And I, I, I had to put it all back together. But, um, but yeah, so that's how I came to have both companies and today you know i'm very happy to say that both of them are doing phenomenal and i'm very passionate about both so it's a it's an interesting way of getting there yeah and so 
Um, let, let's go, let's back up a little bit first. Um, so you were basically starting both of these companies kind of around the same time in a way, because I mean, six months into the new jewelry line isn't that long. And this was also during like the start of COVID, right? Yeah, that was <laughs> right in the beginning of COVID. And everybody's like, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> Like people are shutting down, you're opening up. I'm like, honey, you have to find the opportunity in everything in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of what I did. And also let's just not forget about this for a second. Uh, when COVID start, it started, I mean, there was not a time that people needed life insurance, mortgage protection more than with COVID here, right? Hey. So it was it was actually the perfect time to really get it to where it needed to be because at, at the end of the day, an insurance company, when people need insurance, it's a it's an essential business. And, mm -hmm. and that's basically where we fit in at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you made the right move to go into that industry when you did. Um, and then what happened with um, Joy de Viv? Like, did it like what made it kind of uh, how did you start getting lots of sales again when like nothing had happened in the first half of the year? I think a lot of it has to do with my mindset. Mm. Um, again, I think that when we, we tend to obsess over certain things, it just it's hard to to make it happen. Um, and then I also have, I think that there's a lot to do with COVID yeah. <laughs> because a lot of people were home and, uh, and some, a lot of business went out of business during that time because, uh, you know, they weren't online, but thankfully I was 100% online. Right. Our operations were 100% online. So we were able to keep doing what we were doing. And now we, we offer the a massive discount uh, during that time, which also helped. Um, and I, but I also think that the majority of it was my mindset, was the way that I was looking at it, was the way that I was um, expecting things to happen uh, and not let them take the natural course. And when I just gave it time and I took my head off of it and I said, you know what, I'm just gonna concentrate on this thing over here that thing up there that I'm not even paying attention anymore just started working. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that was a big part of it. I feel like that's so interesting. Cause, um, yeah, I think a lot of times when you step back away from something, you know, you're able to look at it with like a different, um, like mindset or a new pair of eyes. And so you can like reapproach it differently. Um, but it's almost like you kind of like really set it on the shelf and then it kind of worked on it out I on did. itself <laughs> that's, yeah that's exactly what I did <laughs> and like what was different about your mindset with this than like the previous companies because those did successful like they were really successful right away so how how is um, this different which one was your other with yes um I think that coming out of my divorce and having built my previous companies, uh, the first one together with my ex-husband and the second one, uh, we were already separated, but we had a partnership, right? So we had something that um, was kind of together. I think that I didn't believe that I could do it myself. 
Mm-hmm. I think that I was so conditioned to making everything together on that partnership that I was so terrified that I was going to fail that I set up myself for fail, mm-hmm. for failure. Yeah. And, and I think that was a b- really big part of it. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that will tell you, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will, and you are not going to be successful. And even though I believed in the product and I believed in the process and, and, and I did everything right, I just had that, that, that inkling of, um, not really knowing if I was going to be successful without my ex-husband. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that I needed to like truly liberate myself to prove to myself that I could do it. So when I, when I started my new company, when I started Aria Financial and mm-hmm. the first month we were extremely successful out of nowhere that was a vote of confidence that I needed to just like wake up. Like, like it's not about, it's not about the product. It's about you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's how you take what are you trying to develop and how you work it. It's about you believing in yourself. It's about you putting in the time, the energy and, and the right vibrations to make it happen. And when I started believing that, because now I had the results and it was working, right, with Adia, I think that I let myself think, you know, I let myself believe again, and that changes everything. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, you definitely had the like proof of like you can do it, and something is working that you you know started on your own. So that's awesome. Yeah, mindset is just so huge and you have to have belief in yourself um, in order to be successful. Like what other tip would you give to anyone who's looking to start a business or feels like they're struggling in their business right now? Um, I, I feel like you have to know that all you can do is work hard, of course, <laughs> believe and and let things happen as they will happen. Uh, a lot of times we get caught up on wanting things to happen now because you think that's the right time. And then later down the road, you're going to find out that the best way for them to happen is exactly how they turn out to be. You know, if you have a product, if you have an idea, if you have something you believe in, just invest on it and just work it and keep working and don't give up. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. Like I always say, you know, I'm a business coach. I work with, especially with my insurance company, I work with every single one of, of, of my, the people that work with me and my team. Uh, And, and I always tell them the most successful people are not the people that are best at a, a certain thing are the, the people that will work the hardest, are the people that will um, work on them, themselves to get better every day, are the people that are gonna put the activity in every single day and the people that will not give up when things get hard because be, <laughs> things get hard, <laughs> yeah. they do, they will get hard and that's life and that's entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. It's a roller coaster, but if you keep going, 
And if you believe in yourself, and you know, it's not easy. Sometimes you have to adjust. Sometimes you have to let people go. Sometimes you have to, you know, cut expenses. Sometimes you have whatever it is that you need to do. But if you keep going, you're going to get there. But yeah. if you give up in the middle, you're going to get nowhere because you gave up. Right. So, um, yeah, I think mindset's a big part of it. I think um, uh, just being relentless and, 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 and being stubborn and, and, and going for it. Yeah, oh, I love it. Um, and how has being yourself helped with the success in your businesses? Well, um, I feel like my businesses are a, uh, a reflection of me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that um, you can create something that's not nurtured by passion. And I'm a very, very passionate person. So um, if you have passion behind anything that you're doing, you're going to make it work. Yeah. And also, it, it doesn't matter which field of work you, you are, what are you doing exactly? If you're dealing with clients, your clients are going to see that passion and that passion will sell, that passion will sell it, right? So um, I'm a very passionate person. I'm a very um, exciting person. I talk a lot. I'm hyperactive. And I I feel like that that passes through the businesses uh, in a way that people want to be part of it. And, Mm -hmm. And then it helps with the sales it helps with you know marketing it helps with uh, getting the words out there and it helps with people realize realizing what the business actually is which is an extension of myself when i say you know joa de is my second t- ch- child aria financial is my third child i'm pregnant with my fourth child now <laughs> people are like Congrats. what and i'm like yeah <laughs> That's how it works when you own a business. It's, it's, it's a part of you. So, mm-hmm. so I think that if you stay true to yourself, um, you know, it's the best way to really get that through your business. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And is there any other message that you want to leave people with today? I mean, if, if, if you are an entrepreneur, and you, you're making it, or you're trying to make it, or you're thinking about maybe making it, it it's really about uh, getting an idea or a product and developing it in your head and then go to work for it. Because, mm-hmm. because goals without a roadmap are just dreams. Yeah. But if you create a, if you have a goal, you create a roadmap, you create a way to get there and you take actions to get there, then they become your reality. And you are in control of your reality. You are the person that can determine what type of reality you're gonna have. Mm-hmm. So if you, you have an idea, you have something you wanna do, just again, stay true to yourself and go and do it and believe on it and make it happen. You are in control of your own reality and you're the only person that can turn you down or turn you up. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's a great message. Um, so how can people uh, find you and connect with you? Find me. Uh, well, you can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, just, just look me up, Vivian Vile. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I post on Instagram all the time. Um, um, I, I, I guess you can find me on my website, um, But yeah. 
Awesome. Well, I will post all of that in the show notes so people can connect with you and check out your jewelry and everything else that you're up to and, you know, stay in touch if there's anything new coming. I feel like, I feel like there's still more for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will. Thank you so much for having me, Ariel. It's been a delightful experience. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the BU podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and write me a review. I would love to hear from you. And you can find me on Instagram at beautifulchick or on my website, beautifulchick.com. Remember, be you, be beautiful.